Hello, everyone, and welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and thanks for tuning in for our second episode. Today's guest is my favorite human on the planet. Uh, she is my dance partner for life. She is my friend, and she was my former roommate. Hope to live with her again. <laughs> um, Masha Van Duyel. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. How are you? What a nice introduction. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Masha, I have you on today because I really wanted to talk about your dance and bio double major that you have going on and you've done a lot of cool different projects that I've seen and have been a part of being your roommate so let's dive in how old were you when you started dancing um I was probably around like six or seven but I was just dancing for fun for a long time just for I don't know once or twice a week stuff like that and then I had a little um moment when I tried to do competitive dance and competitive hip-hop specifically when I was like 11 or so and then I did that for a year and then I decided to go into the ballet world so when I was 12 I started over I danced with some toddlers for a while when I was in the prime teenage years of my life and then um yeah I just kept doing ballet for a while for through a few different studios and then I ended up at Loyola you had your bio major first before dance major or did you actually audition and come in with it for the dance major at Loyola yeah so I auditioned and came in as a dance major and I didn't even declare my bio major until I think second semester because I was first just going to be pre-med so um I didn't even know if I needed the full major and then I was like let's do it so what made you do bio well, you know, it's funny, like all throughout high school, middle school, I never wanted to do anything STEM related. Like it was the last thing on my mind. I knew for sure I was just going to go into like liberal, liberal arts or something like that. And then senior year, I just had a really awesome biology teacher who just changed my mind and she really just changed my life, honestly. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what, maybe I can understand science. And then I went for it. And here you are, dancing yeah, bio, still senior, doing it. senior in college, still doing it. So, okay, doing dance from, you know, in a high, and during high school when you were younger to a college setting, how was that for, like for you, especially at Loyola? We do ballet every day, but you were used to doing ballet a lot already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was the original reason I wanted to go to Loyola is because I was so comfortable with the ballet world that I was like, oh, I can just continue it here. But funny enough, I think I just completely flip-flopped throughout my years at Loyola. Like, I am not a ballet person anymore, <laughs> which is funny. That is still what I do, like, every day here. But, yeah, this college experience really changed my outlook on the dance world and what I want to do with it. I think that's so funny because coming to Loyola, I had no very little ballet experience, <laughs> as you know. But I yeah. think no, I definitely respect ballet. And I actually, weirdly, I, I think I actually miss it you know, just recently graduated because I, th I like that structure and I like having that every day. So it's kind of mm -hmm. funny that we kind of flip-flopped in that way. I've been a part, I think, of your journey since you were a freshman. So freshman year, you, I remember receiving a Instagram DM message because I did not have your number yet. Mm -hmm. And you go, hey, Marissa, this is Masha. Um, I just... I've got like I'm doing this really cool project or something along the lines of that and I would really love for you to be a part of it add your like contemporary hip-hop thing going on and I was a sophomore and I was like 
I said yes to everything. And I'm like, oh my God, this really cute freshman asked me to do this. And I said, heck yeah, let's do it. So tell me about Hunter Cole, that whole concept and that whole project came about. Well, like most of the projects I've gotten into, it was like so random and so wild how it came together. So I had never had her as a professor or anything, but I know she's a genetics professor at Loyola. And one of her like main art pieces actually is at one of like, um, like the life science building on campus. It's a very cool, like almost, I don't know if you want to say a mural, but it's just really, it's a huge piece of art installation, installation. Yeah. It's like a huge installation about a little bit of like genetics and ecology and so it's like, it was super cool. And I just looked into her and I found out that she does all this cool work with bioluminescent bacteria. And she had these like cool costumes she had made. And it happened that she was currently having an exhibition in Chicago. And it was like in the Loyola Phoenix newspaper that like, if you went there, you could like meet her and see the bacteria up close and personal. So I was like, I got to do this. <laughs> so I just show up this exhibition. Actually, wait a minute. I forgot a crucial part of the story. <laughs> Winter break before all this happened, I emailed her and I was like, hey, listen, like I'm also into the sciences and the arts. Like, I'd love to hear more about your story and all that. But she never got back to me. But I was like, it's okay. She's busy. It's all all good. So then I went to this exhibition (laughs) and I wanted to meet her and be like, hey, you're so cool. Like, help me figure out what to do with like dance and biology. And then I like stood there for like an hour. I'm really scared to come up to her. <laughs> I remember this now. Yeah. And then finally, I, um, I was there with my good friend, Laura, who convinced me to go talk to her. And I did. And she was like, well, you said your name's Masha. Like, I know you from something. And I was like, oh, do you? <laughs> I don't know. And she's like convinced she knew me from something. And she told me she's always wanted to do a project with dancers. And I was like, well, hello, let's do it. And we did. And then I reached out to you because I was like, well, you do film and this is going to be like a dance film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, you, you, you messaged me and described it as like something with bioluminescent bacteria. And I was like, I have no idea what that is, but I'm down. And I remember we did, um, she made music from DNA sequencing. Or describe how yeah, she like wrote the music based on the DNA sequences of this bacteria. And we did three separate um, pieces. She kind of gave you the reins for the dance part, would you say? Yeah, like, and we kind of all just collaboratively choreographed all of them. It was kind of fun. Like, we all just kind of did what we thought worked for the different parts. I think there were three sections, and they were all about the role of bac- um, the spiluminescent bacteria in fish guts. <laughs> and so we one had of them was communication. Yes, yes, yeah, communication. Communication predator-prey like relationships and uh, mating. Yes, I remember. And I yeah, think... And didn't she... She wanted you to wear... She wanted a ballet section. Or she wanted the tutu and the point shoes. Yeah, but then we scrapped the point shoe idea because you couldn't really see them, so it didn't make much sense. But we did end up using the little tutu with the bioluminescent petri dishes attached to it yeah so she attached petri dishes to these like hoop skirts kind of or wired that was for the communication piece. that was for the communication like, like, a series of hoop skirts almost and, and then, then the, for the predator prey one we just taped them to your bodies didn't we, we did i remember like stuck petri dishes to us and then we had those um like ha- those well, like head masks 
Yeah, the headmaster, really cool. And it was really fun to have this experience. And then she finally sent us the the pictures and the videos. And they looked really yeah, you know, cool. Those films have been shown at like several art galleries, like in Brooklyn and in Louisiana, I think. Like they've gotten around. They've gotten around. And we, I mean, <laughs> our work is around somewhere. Yeah. Um, but how, what a cool experience to have you having the guts to talk to Hunter Cole and to just go to her exhibit and, um, I find that at Loyola, a lot of uh, teachers not in the arts or in different disciplines love working with dancers and the arts. It's interesting because in STEM, it's almost the opposite. Like a lot of professors just don't understand like why you would spend so much time doing something like that that has nothing nothing technically to do with science. But when I found... Like Hunter Cole, I was like, well, this is one of the few that actually is doing the complete opposite. Like, I have to know more. So there are, I think, yeah. I think, especially with the climate change conference at Loyola, they That's love. True. There's, a, there's a, just a few out there in the STEM. I think it's with with STEM, it's either all four or like, why are you doing that mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I think is interesting. So that was your freshman year, <laughs> which was starting off right, you know, doing this project. Your junior year, you had this really cool um, research fellowship, and you did this whole project, collaborating with a lot of people. And I've, I was here watching from the sidelines everything that was going on. So take it away. Okay. So How it came just, to be. Yeah. So I'm part of the Gannon Scholars Program at Loyola, which I started coming in freshman year. You have to, like, interview, apply, this whole process. Um, and it's, like, a scholarship program, but it's also just a big leadership organization for um, uh, women's leadership on campus. And so for that program, your junior and senior year, you have to undertake a two-year research project and basically whatever you want, as long as it combines elements of like social justice and feminism and just connects to the Gannon mission. So last year I had to put together this proposal and I was like, well, what am I gonna do? Like, I wanna make this worth my while, like something that connects to what I wanna do. So. I tried to combine my dance and biology interests again through dance film. I love it, combining disciplines. (laughs) And I got, so the fellowships I got were through Loyola's like research opportunities program and then through the Gannon Center through a different program called the Johnson Scholars Program. But then the Sarnoff Center is a separate organization in Chicago that's like a Jewish genetics um, educational center essentially. that I decided to work with. I'm not sure how I found them. Someone told me that they like to collaborate with students and I just like went forward and reached out to them with my preliminary idea, which was to create a series of dance films explaining some kind of scientific concept to help make science more accessible to the general public. So that's kind of like the major idea. What a great way to use to- dance to make science more accessible. I love that. Yeah, because on like, our bodies are so removed from the learning process. Um, Just like if you think about all your college classes, all you do is just brute memorization into your head or like reading pages and pages. It's all just your mind, mind, mind. But a lot of knowledge can be housed in your body. Like even if you just think of through gesture, like trying to remember knowledge and just like all your daily experiences are housed in your body. So I think it's just this like universal human instinct of movement that I don't think we're really accessing enough through education. I totally so I thought it, agree. Yeah, I thought it would just be super cool to see 
how it would impact like the dancers in the films trying to explain these scientific concepts or the people watching the films just see how the arts could be useful in scientific education and communication and so let's say let's see. so the Sarnoff Center is a Jewish genetics organization and the Jewish population is disproportionately affected by several genetic diseases and hereditary cancers so I decided to try to kind of communicate the information they have on their website about genetics and diseases and cancers, see if I could translate that into the language of dance. <laughs> so it was quite a long process. I um, wanted to collaborate with a bunch of different people because I'm not a filmmaker, not, not necessarily. And like, and now I have this big research budget from these fellowships that I want to use to get people involved into the project. So I got a bunch of talk dancers about, involved. Yeah, you talk about your first steps then. So you have this huge... You have a lot of money, basically. Yeah, so we have dancers in your back pocket. <laughs> that is uncommon yeah. for arts in general to have this much money. To... Almost like too much money for. <laughs> I remember you're like, Marissa, I have so much money. I don't know. I have to get costumes oh my and. My my research mentor Sandra Kaufman, the director of the dance program, she was like, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I have too much <laughs> money for something. I know it's crazy. But you had dancers. So yeah, so I mean, a lot of the dancers in the Loyal program are really eager to do projects, and they know a lot of people like to do independent projects. So I had to reach out and just kind of rope a bunch of people in, and we just got a bunch of new freshmen. There was a really big class, so a lot of them got involved, which was really cool. So I got the dancers involved, and we had weekly rehearsals where I would just take like bits and pieces of the script. So I first started out kind of writing a script for these three films. And then I would choreograph trying to see how to put these words into movement, but to make it more than just like this, like to like gesturally like paint out the picture of the scientific process, but to see how it kind of connects to also the humanity of science, because there's kind of a interesting thing going on that these dancers are humans but they're also representing just little molecules that make up a human so it's this cool mix of very interesting it's like you can use movement to be literal literal in the sense of all right I'm waving my hand this is hello or you can use you I think you did a pretty good job of, of evolving these concepts these scientific concepts into really cool images using your cast as yes they're individual dancers and they're individual people, but they're also representing these really cool, bigger ideas. And it, 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 lo- it looked really cool. So yeah, rehearsal processes then. So you had that script and did you, did you came in with ideas, but you also, did you give your dancers kind of freedom to play or how was that relationship with your dancers? Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of it was getting feedback from them and there's quite a few in there that were actually also involved in either biology or chemistry or something like that so they helped me a lot by saying like oh this makes sense or it doesn't and sometimes I would just give them like at one point there's a statistic in one of the films that like one in four um, Ashkenazi Jewish people are at risk for being a carrier for all of the genetic diseases that affect their population. And I just kind of gave them that prompt. And I said, how would you like portray this through movement? And they just kind of came up with that themselves to kind of add a little bit more collaboration with them. So it was a mix of everything, but also a lot of this movement I was trying to do was pretty simple and pretty literal, just to make it as clear as possible because it still is kind of complex scientific information. So I didn't want to make it too 
almost like pedestrian movement kind of. Yeah. So it's very, um, like it's something that people can relate to more easily than something that's a little bit more, um, abstract. So it's interesting about your process. I love how I know a lot about this because I lived with you and so I could hear everything (laughs) and what was going on. You didn't have music for a little bit. And so this is an interesting thing in dance is that for me, I love choreographing to music. Some people choreograph just to lyrics, not music itself. Some people have a concept or a poem and choreograph to that. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But that would be hard for me not to have music yet. But I think for you, you had those concepts. But how was that not having the music? I know some of, some of your dancers were like, when are we getting the music? Or yeah. well, how is it going to yeah. sound? So how was that? Wait, so something I really wanted was to incorporate like a musician to make music for the films. I just thought it'd be really cool to get someone involved that was also maybe in the science field that also was a musician and had these dual interests as well and see how they could maybe translate my ideas through science and dance into science and music and just have that added layer to it. So I went through a few people before I landed on my awesome musician, Sam, and he would just come to different rehearsals and I would kind of layer out or just pan out what my idea was for that film. And he would take notes and um, try to figure out what the beat should be. And then from there, he just completely created his own pieces of music for each films. And we would try them out and then adjust them at rehearsals with the dancers input and with my input. It was really cool getting everyone um, involved in like the music making process essentially. But it took about like two and a half months to have even preliminary music. (laughs) So it was really interesting for the first few weeks of rehearsals. It was just like me having background music playing, but nothing I was choreographing to. I was just choreographing to the script essentially. And I think that worked well because this was more literal movement um, and I wanted it to be very reflective of the the words that were being said um, with the script. But I don't know if I could have done that with as much ease if it was not so based on certain concepts. It seems like not having music yet and the, the movement was driven behind the words and what the concepts and those images instead of just moving because of music was in the background. Yeah. But then once the music was put back, uh, was incorporated, I think it really changed the, just the, the different films and made them something new. It just really added another layer to it and made it more of an, a piece of art versus just regurgitating scientific information. through yeah. yeah. So you had three films and each had a different vibe. Can you describe what each film was uh, trying to convey? Yeah, so the first film was just trying to convey basics of genetics. What is a gene? What is um, DNA? It's just everything that you need to get a base understanding of genetics. And the theme of that was kind of, if you think like nature's planet or just like that background music that just helps carry along the the storyline. Yeah, just to kind of lay the bases. It was very literal, but also it would respond to the different shifts. So at one point I was talking about like autosomal dominant versus autosomal recessive, which means if you have a dominant gene, then that's the one that shows up in your body. Um, So if you have like green or blue eyes, that's based on which gene is dominant or recessive. So whenever the dominant genes was being expressed, the music got more dominant and aggressive to kind of help relay that fact again with just another layer. And then the recessive one is a little bit slower. So you could, you could sense the shift throughout the mm-hmm. music too. I love how, yeah, music and movement can help elevate these concepts. I love it. So the second film. The second film was about genetic diseases and why they disproportionately affect the Jewish community itself. 
the topic, the question of why can um, can get very confusing of what happened with the community several years, um, hundreds of years ago, the Jewish community, why there was so much a disease effect of genetic diseases affecting it. And I think it really helps to see it relate through people and through like this visual image versus just reading about it, which can get really confusing. So I think that was kind of the biggest part of that film. And the final one? The final one was about hereditary cancers. So the BRCA gene is, if you have a mutated version of it, you're more likely to have a lot of different cancers, especially like most notably breast cancer, among many others. And the Ashkenazi Jewish population is has a very high frequency of these BRCA gene mutations. So I really just tried to illustrate what cancer is in the first place, how it um, becomes something within your body versus not versus, but like if it's hereditary versus if it's um, just a random occurrence that happens. So that one just (laughs) helped illustrate what cancer was and then why the BRCA gene is so important for cancer formation. So you have, you laid the groundwork, you have the music or it's in the works with Sam. Shout out to Sam. He's great. (laughs) I remember him coming over and you guys kind of talking about it and he ate some of our snacks and he was just like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And, you know, just chilling (laughs) out. He's, I think that that was a really cool collaboration because you had your vision, but you also were giving him room to explore because I think you knew what you want, but at the same time, you were like, Sam, you know more music than I do, so why not, you know, see what you can do? And then he laid a framework, and then you guys built off of that. So you had the framework of music, you had the movement, you know, it was being created. So then now the next steps were uh, costumes and filming and scheduling all of this. And to talk about, you know, just the, the final production of things. Yeah. So costumes, I wanted to keep them simple, but again, I wanted to add an additional layer that would help reinforce different concepts. And for that, I used four different colors. Everyone had the same like silver leotard top, and then they had four different pairs of um, tights each. So it was like red, blue, green, and yellow. And we would change the different colors for the different sections to represent whatever concepts it was. So I think that helped reinforce things from a visual standpoint, for sure, when we did filming. And then I got, so I had to get different editors and cinematographers involved to help with the filming because I don't know how to do any of that. Well, now you so know more I, now, Miss <laughs> I know a lot more now. <laughs> so I had, um, I got connected with a senior film major at Loyola, Ethan, and he really helped design all the different shots and get access to equipment and help film day of. And then I also got in contact with Jordan who was an alum of Loyola's dance program, but also was a journalism major. And she had a lot more experience with dance film and just filmmaking in general. So she also helped out with filming, but then she was also my editor that put all the videos together on the back end. So got more people involved now. And then I also had to pick a space to film this all in. And I knew off the bat, I wanted it to be somewhere where I could have a bird's eye view because a lot of the images I wanted to make um, could be more effective if seen from like, an above shot where you could really see the full image come together. And that ended up being one of the auditoriums in Mandalayan at Loyola's campus where there's a little um, like balcony seating area where we set up some cameras up there. And then we had cameras go throughout the dancers and on um, like eye level with them. So we played around a lot with that. 
and it was like a several hour shoot day. It was fun, a little tiring, but it yeah, was really good. Yeah, what would you say the, the most rewarding and yet the cha- the most challenging aspects of this whole project? Hmm. Well, it most- is a lot working with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say like right off the bat, just getting everyone coordinated and on the same page was a little tricky and um, keeping people's motivation up because this project was pretty long. It extended almost into like seven, eight months of work and just keeping people excited about the project when it got a little stagnant at points or just needed an extra push was a little challenging. But at the same time, that's also what made it most rewarding is just seeing all that work come to life and see like how I, I showed it to people and people were like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. And like, that just means the world because that's all I wanted. I just wanted to make sense to people through a different way than just reading something or hearing about it. I remember, yeah, being with you throughout this whole thing. And and, and finally you're like, Marissa, I have the videos. I'm like, oh my God, I want to see them. And yeah, your vision came to life and it was really, really cool to hear all of what you were writing about and, and explaining to me these scientific concepts. And then I was, and then you know, us kind of trying to figure out in our living room, you're like, Marissa, can I use you for a second? And then like, how would you show dominant recessive? And, you know, how do you show this partnership between these chromosomes and all those things and, and seeing that come to life? That was, it was just awesome. Yeah, and then you also ended up doing the voiceover. For I, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your I did. Yes. I did. Forever in the work. I remember you giving me yeah. the scripts and I am not, I am the least science-y person. I re- respect it, you know, but I don't know some of these. I mean, you know, it's like, I know chromosomes and genes and things, but yeah. I'm, re- I'm like, Masha, what's Braca? Like, I, I was like texting you before I had to go and uh, do the voice recording. Yeah. But it was interesting because you have the movement and everything. It's just now I have to do the narration. And so we had to kind of space it out. So you gave enough time for the words to... to Go, go along with the actual movement so you weren't you know saying the words yeah. faster than but I, I was glad to be a part of a little bit of yeah no it's, I was so happy to get you involved in that way <laughs> I mean looking back at it it was just so hard to like parse out the script to get just the absolute minimum needed because even when it was like so bare minimum it still felt like so much needed to be said to um, really portray what was happening and that was quite a task to try to boil down these very complex topics to just the least amount of words possible. Yeah, making it simple so people can still enjoy and watch, but also not be overloaded with too many scientific terms and yeah, in, in the most simplest of, I guess, layman terms. Not only did you do that your junior year, but you also did a really cool dance with the doc, which, okay, so did this start with DHS? Yeah, so... Last year, I was the service director for DHS, which is the Dance Royalist Dance Honor dance Society. Society. Kind of a club. It's just for dance majors to be able to do more in the community and like do extra master classes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just to do more. Yeah. So you were service director for the Loyalist Dance Honor Society. Yeah. And you got an email. From- okay, this is also another one of those stories where things just like serendipitously happened. It should not have <laughs> happened this way, but I'm actually, I was also the president of Russian club. <laughs> so I got an email from this um, person, Anne, who's the volunteer coordinator at Chicago Senior Methodist Services. And it's basically a, a large senior rehabilitation center and like long-term living center. 
And Anne messaged me and was like, hey, we have a lot of Russian residents here. Like, I was wondering if you have any Russian students from your club, because somehow she found out I was Russian club president. She's like, if you have any, like, volunteers that could come, like, help out and translate sometimes. And my Russian club's struggling a bit. So I was like, <laughs> I mean, not really, but I'm also the service director of this dance honor society. So if you ever want to do, like, a dance class or some kind of dance group, let me know. And she was like, well, actually, Um, there's this doctor here Dr. Garwal who does this walk with the doc program which is a national program where doctors partner up with different um, community groups around their areas to walk with these um, people and um, do a little bit of health education about different subjects like stroke and then they have a chance to ask the doctors questions as they walk and also get that exercise but in Chicago it's so cold most of the year and walking outside is not great for anybody. Not ideal. (laughs) No, not ideal at all. So she was trying to convert this program into a dance with the dog. And then magically, I ended up in Anne's inbox of like, hey, I also dance. So then she was like, wait, I have this doctor who wants to start this program, but she doesn't know how to dance and needs dancers. Like, let me connect you. So I got connected to her. And that's where it all started. I so love really how you get these. You know. It really is. I think that's so cool. And I think, too, a lot of people, I've noticed that not a lot of people have experience with dance. I mean, they do, but I find that, oh, you're a dancer? I have this idea. Can you put it together? <laughs> it's a lot of, oh, you dance? Okay, um, I'm handing over the reins. How can we make this? How can we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like Dance of the Doc, they had their vision, and then you kind of helped. You had dancers. Yeah, and I connected it with Dan- uh, Dance Honor Society so we could get more people involved. And we only got to do um, two Dance with the Doc sessions. So I m- mainly taught them to have like a centralized teacher, but I brought in different volunteers from the Dance Honor Society to help um, lead different groups in because the groups would get pretty big. I mean, like 15, 20 people maybe. And they were all senior citizens. So while they were in pretty good shape, we didn't do anything super difficult. We started out sitting in a circle and that helped kind of get everyone involved. And then we'd move in into little across the floor steps, just fun things to get people moving with good music that they knew. And we only got to do that a few times before Corona shut it down. <laughs> and now it's been hard to get back in there because it's such a vulnerable population that they don't really let anyone in. But we've started a few saddle other Dance the Dark programs. So it's really expanding now. <laughs> it was just with the senior Methodist, senior ser- um, Chicago Methodist Senior Services. But now it is also like three other groups. Wow. Yeah. So did you have, did they give you any... Um, let's do like ballet or let's do, or they kind of gave you options to kind of pick whatever types of dance or any exercises and across the floors that you could do. They kind of gave you that freedom. They, they literally just said, I don't know how to dance, but you do. So you can do whatever you want. So I was like, okay, but it's really, you have to really like know the group first. It's kind of hard to, I know we, we, like prepared these classes at night, like in our apartment. We did. It was so good. I, because, well, you already had, there. you took the, you were taking the adaptive dance course at Loyola, which is our teacher, uh, Sarah Colin Fuller, created this uh, really cool class. I never got to take it, but you took it. And I think well, even then we had, um, she would do the brain dance at some events with <laughs> elderly populations or um, anyone who came to, like, I remember our film festival that we did uh, some of those um, 
dance and brain dances at those uh, programs. But that class kind of helped form a little bit on how to teach these uh, older populations, would you say? Oh, for sure. It definitely informed how I approached it. And I did incorporate the brain dance a lot because the doctor I'm working with is actually a neurologist. And when I told her about this thing, like the brain dance, which really helps with like, it's more of like a framework of different like movement patterns, but then you can choreograph whatever you want under those different like restrictions. It's like only move the right side of your body, only move the left side, stuff like that. And doing these different pathways really helps develop these different um, neural networks in your brain that start out when you're really young to just program your movement, your coordination, your balance, your memory, everything like that. And going through these different brain dance elements helps reinforce them and strengthen them. And that's so important, especially as you get older. And this was like really relevant to this group. So I tried to really incorporate the brain dance and explain the different neurological benefits of it. And it was really cool because throughout my classes, Dr. A would just stop and be like, wait, you guys, this is helping this <laughs> section of your brain right now. And like, it was really cool to see how like science and dance converge naturally because um, it's just movement is so helpful for brain function. I remember going to one of the sessions with you in the morning and we did mirroring. And I remember, yeah, the doctor, she was like, this really helps this side of the, this is great. This is great. I was her partner and she was kind of saying all the things that I can't remember, but it was really cool. And I loved going. I personally love bringing dance to people who do not normally get to dance or to see dance. And I remember us too. Yes. In our living room, once again, uh, a normal Masha and Marissa night while our other roommate, Elizabeth, was busy studying. We were <laughs> dancing to Beach Boys, trying to figure out across-the-floor movement. I love doing that, you know, and helping. And yeah. it was just so fun to go see all these people smile and having fun and playing old music. And it is really rewarding to see. I, yeah. They're not complicated then, steps. It's not like a huge performance. There's no costumes. There's no, you know, it's it's simple movement. That Just dancing. Just it's dancing. so funny how many people, whenever I try to do these dance with the dog classes, so many people say the same thing. They go, I have two left feet. Like, I can't dance. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do this. And I'm like, do you know how many people have said that to me? And then they get out <laughs> here and they do so well. It's just because, like, no one's really given them a space to be able to try. And, like, as soon as they do, they're like, Oh, okay. Like it's really not that. I think anyone can dance. I think everyone has their own little rhythm inside and yeah, if they're given the space and the chance to do it, I think they should and they they can. And it just has so many health benefits. Like if for nothing else, like just for the pure, like cardio health and cardiac health and brain health and just like, it can seriously transform your well being by just dancing a little bit every day. I love it. See, me and Masha love dance <laughs> and we can talk about it forever because so what would you say then as now, okay, you're a senior and so now you, Miss Choreographer, so you did that, okay, you had, you know, freshman year and then your junior year, you did these really cool projects and you're still doing dance at the dock right now. Um, but n- now that you're a senior, well, as a junior at Loyola, you have the opportunity to choreograph a piece in our um, composition class. And then one of the pieces gets picked to be, to be performed in the dance concert main stage for um, all dance majors, it's our show. 
And this year was a little weird because of coronavirus. We, we weren't able to, you weren't, you guys were not able to finish your pieces, but you were still given the opportunity to present something this, or this coming year in our November show. So you guys put your name in, a couple of you put your names in a hat and explained why you wanted an opportunity to, pre- to present new work. And yours got picked for the show, even though the show is not necessarily in person, you're still doing a show, a dance, Loyola dance show online. So describe, this is what's kind of coming up in you and, and it's different because you're online and then you're doing film. Once again, you're in this okay. film setting, <laughs> dance film. Yeah. So talk about your previous work as a junior and how now that's totally changed, totally transformed into a new work that you have to not have to, but are going to present uh, for the show. Well, okay. So that was a lot. (laughs) I was really excited to like finally get a chance to do something on stage because I was doing all these films and they were super cool, but I was like, okay, well I have to try to do something on stage now too. And then a few weeks in they're like just kidding like everything's online so this will be online too so I kind of decided to scrap pretty much what I did last semester because so much of it was based on like stage um space and having that like vantage point of a stage which I didn't really think I could make happen um especially with social distancing and all that so what I did last semester I've kind of (laughs) left there for now and I've kind of just moved on to a completely new idea I decided to try to incorporate as like much as I could to make it less of just an online zoom dance or something. Cause I just can't do zoom anymore. That's all I do anymore these days. So I decided to just try to do something out of the box. And I came across the idea of projectors and I thought how interesting it'd be to use projector to get multiple people into the same room, which we can't really do so much these days, but have this idea of like a projected image of a dancer on the wall with like a physical dancer in front of it um, and see how they could interact and dance together almost, but not exactly. But instead of just making it like a story about the coronavirus digital world, I'm taking it a little bit of a different direction. And I'm interested in the idea of like making physical the elements of our inner head that no one can really see so like those voices that control you throughout your daily life and your identity formation throughout your life um, whether it be like societal standards or family or mental health any of those things that just constantly speak to you in your head and guide your decision making your your, inner monologues or dialogues that you have everyone knows what I'm talking about like in theory but you can't see any of that so I kind of want to make that visible through the projector and So I'm going to have like a series of little duets with two dancers where the dancer in front of like the physical one in front of the projector is the person who's living their life. And then the projected person behind them is going to be those like inner voices. And I'm, I just want to explore like the relationship that they have with each other. And some people fight those voices, some people accept them and just see how different people deal with them. But using this added like virtual thing that I don't think I would. Concepts. Yes, that's where I'm at with that right now. <laughs> because, you know, there's always, like, dance on film, and it's just someone filming someone dancing. But there's – oh, but I love the I love the films that that take dance to – and you're using the camera as a, as a viewer in the sense of the camera is part of the dance and not just being stationary and just watching someone dance. And talk about then – you had your 
how is that, you know, working? Cause you're no longer working with students. I mean, you are still working with students, but now you're, um, you had a production meeting with a lot of the adults in the room in the sense of Sandra Coffin, director of dance, like Lee Keenan, lighting, and then Claire and all these different voices who are no longer your age, but are now like, this is like the next step of a professional uh, show. How was that? I mean, it's so like almost scary having that power to be in that room. And there's like so many questions asked that I never would have thought of before. And just all these logistical things that I now have to think about that I never had to before, um, which is really cool. Like I love being able to see that part of the process, but it's kind of been overwhelming because since I never got to pull through with the composition class last year, where you're supposed to kind of learn the introductory introductory elements of this process we never really got to that point so I was just kind of thrown in and they were like okay so what do you want to do for this and that and that and I was like oh I don't know and like especially (laughs) with it online like there were pretty much no standards for how it should be done and yeah but I mean everyone's really helpful they understand I'm a student (laughs) and they've been helping me a lot with like music and technology and college is such a great place to have resources you had the space you've had the dancers you've had the technology you even had the money and it's really cool to be creative and now you have these experiences and these works to showcase uh, your concepts and and how you are as an artist how would you describe your artistic style whether it's dance or film or if you're combining bio and dance or what even if it's like what's your visual style or what is your I guess goal as an artist with with all these works or you're merging your disciplines it's kind of a big question. <laughs> that is a big question. I mean, I think just looking back at all the projects I've done so far, where I am right now, is I'm really interested in like using dance to portray the, the kind of unknown or the unseen of the world, whether it be like little molecules or inner thoughts, like stuff that you can't ever see, but trying to find a way to make it visible through movement. So it's kind of a big task. It's kind of hard to do, <laughs> but that's what I'm interested in right now. Um, yeah. And a lot of the stuff I like to do, it, it has ended up being filmed just because I think it's so great how much more accessible that can make dance because you can spread it so much more to so many different people. But um, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I'm still trying to kind of figure out where I'm at, but I think two artists are always evolving and they're always changing and I never, you know, I think you never have a set answer of, because right now you can be, you know, doing this work on, you know, this un, the unseen objects or things in the world, but then it could totally change and depending on the times too and everything and what your experience is. And I think your movement houses, I think, you know, like it houses experiences and knowledge and, and um, it's a great tool to express these things. Yeah. I just want to bring movement to people. That's all. It, it's it's such a, it's such a great, I love moving and dancing and, and it's such a, there's no, there's no wrong about it. Oh yeah. No, you know, um, going back to dance with the dog. One of the things that we moved on to is doing at this homeless shelter, a, a safe haven in Chicago. And I've been going there a few times every week for the last few weeks. And I just, at some point I kind of just ended up giving up the reins a little bit and letting, cause so the class is full of people from like seven to 50 years old. Like this is like the biggest range ever in this class, but these people have been like in quarantine for so long and just haven't had an opportunity to be in a dance class probably in like ever. 
And what I found was like last week, a few of the younger people just wanted to dance. Like they were like at a club, just out in like normal daily life, like with friends dancing. And I just like played some like good tunes and they just like danced like with no class structure, nothing. But like you could tell that their like souls were just so happy right there because it was just finally like an opportunity to move. That's interesting. I, I taught, I was teaching dance at a um, YMCA and I had one student, one little girl. And of course I have like a plan, but I could just tell that she just wanted to move in a space that wasn't at home to her favorite music, look at herself in the mirror and just strut down the, the room. And I just kind of let her do that. And just seeing her, I'm like, this girl just wants to move and get out. And sometimes you just need that outlet to just kind of be free and let go and let loose. Yeah just like a space to do it. Like someone telling you, like, you can do it here right now. Like I'm giving you the space right here. And that that's almost all you need to do. Like you don't need to teach them anything. Like you just got to give them the opportunity. Yeah. It depends on the group, but that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> so now you're a senior and this is your last yeah. year. How do yeah. you feel? Um, a sucky, a sucky yeah. end to your. Kind of a sucky end with everything online. Especially with dance. Yeah, I just try to make the best of it. Just see what maybe is new from being able to do things online nowadays. I don't know, just put a lot of effort into the choreography this semester, see how I can develop my artistic voice because it's kind of hard to develop technique in my bedroom. Yep. (laughs) So just kind of focus on what I can and not give myself too much pressure to do things that just really aren't going to be possible right now. So Masha, you are a creator you are a dancer you are a filmmaker I'm putting that label on you because you've worked okay. with a lot of films you know how you're a delegator <laughs> you know how to work with a lot of different people in the room mm-hmm. you're a collaborator you've done all these things and now you're gonna be a senior and it's gonna be good you're gonna do great things and I can't wait to see I like seeing people's uh journeys and I think you're gonna go pretty far would you like to share anything else? I mean, I just think it's awesome that you've seen all of this. Like, and I didn't even realize you were literally a part of everything I've done throughout I, my college experience. I, I think it is crazy. I I forget that even the freshman year I was there and I and I was in that process. I hardly knew you. I know. I was so intimidated by no, <laughs> why? Oh, I'm not intimidating. She's lying. Well, I figured that out well now once I asked you to move in. <laughs> <laughs> Masha will come home and she'll be like I have this really cool idea about consciousness I'm like I don't don't think about these things but only Masha does and I'm like please tell me more (laughs) yes I'm like what's for dinner (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for joining me letting me interview you this is great new episodes every month new artists new friends fun times great conversations so i'll tune in next time to you guys have a great day and uh peace out